You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, welcome back. Time for Mariner's Pod. Here we go here. Thanks for being here as well as... We have a couple of things for you today that I think you'll enjoy. I hope you enjoy. You know, as you know, we've been playing Mariners Classics every night on our flagship station and affiliate stations around the Mariners Radio Network. And as I've gone through, I mean, at this point, I've, I don't know how many, thousands of hours, hundreds of innings of baseball the past couple of months. Just, I mean, it's it's what I've been doing all the time. And... Along the way, as I'm putting these games together, I have unearthed some interviews that I've never heard before or have been lost to time. And, you know, some of them have been pretty fun. So I'm going to play a couple on this podcast. I was thrilled to find one of them. Uh, Rick Riz, a couple of years ago, chatted with the late Tony Gwynn, and it was right after he was... An all-star in 1999, Tony Gwynn was. That was his final all-star game. And, of course, that was the all-star game in Boston. The all-century team was there. Ted Williams was there. It was an amazing sight. So in this interview, uh, Rick's going to talk to Tony Gwynn, and Tony Gwynn's going to talk about that experience at the all-star game. So we're going to take a listen to that interview. I thought I'd follow it up with an interview Aaron Goldsmith did a couple of years ago with Ron Coomer, who was at that same all-star game. Pretty spectacular. So I'll have that after the Tony Gwynn. And then on Mariners Classics tonight, the Roger Roger Clemens 20 strikeout game is the game being played. And you may ask yourself why that's a Mariners Classic. But it's a really fun game to listen back to. I mean, 20 strikeouts. (laughs) See, that's not where you want to be if you're the Mariners. But it was a really good game. Mariners actually had the lead for a lot of it before the Red Sox came back and won the game. But it's a really good game. We don't have that many full games from that era, the mid-'80s, early-'80s, mid-'80s. There's just not that many full games. I mean, think about 86. You know, Rick Riz was in his third year. I mean, the franchise just in its sixth year. So Dave was in his sixth year as a Mariners broadcaster. It was fun to listen back to and hear that. But it's just a really good game. And I really enjoyed listening back to it. I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to play an interview that we found with Rick talking to Roger Clemens about that game, and it's really interesting to hear what led up to that game and how uh, he almost missed that start. So it's a pretty fun story uh, in context of that game being played on Mariners Classics tonight. So I hope you enjoy these. Uh, I was especially thrilled to find Tony Gwynn and as uh, there's been some others I've found that I'll play along the way as well, and I'm hoping that we'll find some more as we keep going through some Mariners classics. We have some fun ones coming up, too. June is right around the corner. It is going to be a really fun month, and we start with Ichiro Week, and I've gone through. I just finished going, uh, getting all those games ready for next week. Or I'm in the process, I guess. I still have a couple more, but it is going to be a really fun week. I mean, this week is going to be pretty great. Uh, but then next week as well with each row week. And there's some really, really great games. I think one of those games, we'll talk about it more as we get closer. 
I mean, one of them, you take out playoff games out of the mix, and man, it's in the running for greatest game in Mariners history. I mean, it's it's really a really great game, but uh, we'll save that for next week. In the meantime, enjoy this conversation with Tony Gwynn. And welcome back to Safeco Field. We have a chance to visit with eight-time National League batting champion and future Hall of Famer Tony Gwynn. Tony, um, number one, you had a chance a couple of days ago before the opening game to test out that uh, right calf. Uh, you're currently on the disabled list. Uh, how's the leg? It's doing better today. Uh, what happened out here Thursday? I, I have no explanation. I don't know. I, I'd, uh, you know, I had already been on the DL for about two and a half weeks and kind of got into got back into running, got back into a program and was having no problems whatsoever. Running full speed, you know, uh, right before the break, uh, the last, the Sunday before the break, had my best day, ran around the bases, didn't have any problems. So I went to the All-Star game knowing that I was going to be in a lineup here on Thursday and went to Boston, had a great time, the whole thing. People asking me left and right, when are you coming back? I said, Thursday. And I came out here Thursday, uh, out here early Thursday, uh, to do some running. Had no problems. Told Boach had no problems. They put me in the lineup in the DA slot in the number two spot. And uh, during batting practice, my group was getting ready to hit, so I thought I'd run a couple sprints to kind of get loose. And bah, just nothing. Just tightened up. Uh, not majorly, but tightened up. And uh, and and so that's where I am right now. I'm still. Uh, it feels pretty good today, but it's a day-to-day -day thing. And some days I come here and it feels great, and other days, like on Thursday, it, it tightens up, and, and so you don't really know how to really attack it. It's got to be frustrating, only 18 hits away from 3,000 in your in your great major league career. You went to the All-Star game. You decided to go. You didn't have to go because you were on the disabled list. Tell us why you went. I know it, it was still something special to be voted by the fans. Oh, no question. And. Uh, and I've been fortunate. I've been voted in by the fans quite a few times, and uh, and the least I could do is show my appreciation for being voted in by going. You know, um, I know there's a lot of controversy before uh, the All-Star game about Juan Gonzalez and some of the guys rather taking the you know the three days off. But in my case, it was never any doubt I was going to go. I had never seen Fenway, and I really wanted to see it. Uh, but when they didn't take me off the DL before the break, I knew I, there's no way I could play. So um, I let them know that. They said, come on out anyway. So I was happy I got to go see Fenway. And it turned out just to be one of the greatest experiences I've had as a major league player. How about that pregame show with the all-century team? You were one of the modern-day players to be among those honored before the All-Star game at Fenway Park. That had to be a great thrill. Oh, just I can't think of a moment, and I've been thinking about it here for the last four or five days. I cannot think of a moment where you had that kind of collection of major league players, past and present. Uh, on the field at the same time, and uh, and then they wheeled Ted Williams out in the cart, and the place just went absolutely bonkers. And flash bulbs were—I mean, it was real surreal standing out there because you really had to uh, kind of pinch yourself to really believe that this was happening right here in front of your eyes. But uh, once Ted got to the mound and the players converged and the Century team converged, it was just like a happening. I mean. Not only were the players talking to Ted Williams, but other players were introducing themselves to the All-Century team. Yeah. You know, here's Reggie Jackson meeting <laughs> Omar Garcia Pera, and Bob Gibson talking to uh, to Andy Ashby and some of the other guys. And it was just a remarkable thing that happened there at the center of that diamond. And it went on so long, they were trying to boot us off, know. you know, so we could get the game yeah. started. <laughs> and at the same time, there's like 40 guys 
looking up at the PA's box like, you got to be kidding me. This yeah. game could wait, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just really one of those amazing things that happens uh, during the course of, uh, you know, conversations with guys who've played the game before. And you just you're just in awe, first of all. But then you're glued, you're locked in, and you're listening to all these other different conversations that are going on. And uh, really, in my mind, it was just one of the best things that I've ever been a part of. Visiting with uh, Tony Gwynn of the San Diego Padres. Tony, we just have a short while left. Uh, a while back, I can't remember when it was. You had a long conversation. You had a chance to go out to Florida and visit with with Ted Williams. And again, you had a chance, as you mentioned, to see him at Fenway Park uh, before the All-Star Game. When you went to talk to, with uh, Ted Williams, did you have in mind, what am I going to ask this guy? Because I remember in that conversation you had with Ted, he asked you yeah. a lot of questions about hitting. Yeah, I never got a chance to ask, <laughs> really. He did all the talking. I did all, it was like a counterpuncher. He was throwing questions. Yeah. I, was trying to, I was trying to counter with the right answers. And, and that's how Ted is. And it, it happened Tuesday night's All-Star game. He asked Mark McGuire if he'd ever smelled burnt wood when he fouled a ball back, you know. And, Anybody who's had a conversation with Ted Williams started laughing because he'd asked he'd asked me the same thing, and I'm sure he'd ask the other guys the same thing. You don't really get a chance to pick his brain that much as much as he's picking your brain because I think uh, he wants to know how you think about going about your business, and yeah. if he could get some insight into it, then he, he thinks he can figure you out. He thinks he has an idea of what you're trying to do, and so uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it's. Not very often you get a chance to sit down with a guy the caliber of the Ted Williams, who's 80 now, but he can still rattle off stuff about today's hitters like you wouldn't believe. I mean, he absolutely uh, stays on top of the game, and I think that's why, one of the reasons why the players of today respect him so much is because from him you never hear, you know, the players that pass are better than, the, you know, you never hear any of that. You're, he's always respectful. He's always uh, probing, trying to get in your head, get into your mechanics, get into whatever you're trying to do, and he can put it all together. Well, I tell you what, Tony, for a guy like me, it's a thrill to sit down to talk with a guy like you about the game of baseball. You are indeed one of the class acts in the game, and I hope you get back in the lineup real soon. As always, thanks a lot for the visit. All right. Thank you very much. So here's Aaron Goldsmith chatting with Ron Coomer about that experience at the same All-Star game in Boston in 1999. Chills, I think, for all of us. I, I, you know, there were a lot of guys, as you said, Aaron, that were either future Hall of Famers, were Hall of Famers with the All-Century team, or the elite of our game. We're all on the field. Whether you had played in the past or were current players, that was the elite of our game on that field that day. And then to have Ted come out there, um, everybody, it was kind of our chance to say goodbye. Everybody wanted to see him and say hi and shake his hand. And all he wanted to talk about was hitting. And, you know, the thing I remember, two things that really stand out about that. A, we didn't want the game to start. No one cared about the game. <laughs> we wanted, for the current players, we wanted to talk to the, to the all-century team guys that you hadn't met. And you wanted a little time with Ted Williams. And so you've got two rosters of guys standing out there um, just wanting to shake his hand. Um, and, and I remember backing away from the pile of people around Ted, and I stepped on someone's foot backing up behind me. And I was like, oh, no. And I turned around, and it was Stan Musial. And I said, Mr. Musial, I said, I'm really sorry. He goes, it's okay, Ron. And I, I went, Stan Musial knows my name. I go, that's pretty good. So he was talking to Lou Brock, so I got to meet Stan Musial and Lou Brock, and we sat there, well, not sat there, but stood there and talked out in the scrum of people. So I got to meet 
Ted Williams that day, Brooks Robinson, Stan Musial, and Lou Brock all in that one moment. So I thought that was a pretty good day. And finally, Roger Clemens, 20 Ks against the Mariners in 1986. Here's a story as he chats with Rick Riz about how he almost missed that start. Well, Roger Clemens, a chance to visit and talk to you about one of the uh, most incredible games that I've seen, April 29th of 1986. You're a young pitcher with the Boston Red Sox, and you set Major League history. 20 strikeouts against the Seattle Mariners. One ball and two strikes. Clemens has struck out the side in the first, the fourth, the fifth. Has two more strikeouts here in the seventh inning. The fans are now on their feet. Everybody here at Fenway Park is on their feet. What do you remember? about taking the mound before the game that night at Fenway Park in Boston. Well, it was a it was a crazy beginning because um, I've, I've told the story a few times, so the listeners might have heard it, but I almost missed that start. I got stuck on Storo Drive there in Boston. Uh, they were having a concert uh, somewhere, but I got I was there. I was headed to the park uh, my normal time to get there a good hour and 15, 20 minutes before I start. And... Um, we weren't moving in the traffic. I ended up taking my, I had cowboy boots on and jeans. I took them off to put my running stuff on. My wife was going to drive the vehicle. And next thing you know, it looked like we were broke down. A motorcycle cop came up on us. And when he saw my face, he's like, oh my gosh, you're, yeah, and, and you're on the mound. And I go, yeah, and I need some. So he split the sea force. I got there. I, they were going to try and scratch the start. I talked him into letting me go. Warmed up. Didn't throw a strike at all warming up. My pitching coach, i pretty certain he made comments that, thought it was going to be the shortest outing in my career and I uh, went out there and the rest is history as they say I struck out 20 um, Bill Fisher my pitching coach is uh, you know he still holds the record not walking anybody and so he was real proud in that game that I didn't walk anybody but it was definitely a special night uh, I showed my teammates I was healthy great stepping stone for the wonderful season we had that year in 86 and uh, I didn't even know there was a strikeout record until I was made aware of it late in the game that was my next question when did you th- know about uh, the record that it was you know at that point you were getting close I went up in the eight, in the eighth inning I think I had 18 strikeouts and I was changing undershirts underneath my jersey and um, the three or four of the guys on our pitching staff were pacing and looking at me and staring at me in the locker room and I could tell it similar like a no hitter I guess they wanted to say something but they weren't yeah and I was like what's up and they go we, we got to tell you we don't think you know that you're two strikeouts away one from tying a major league record and two from breaking it. if you strike out two more guys this is a record so it wasn't like I went out there and tried to do it but ended up getting the first two guys I think I got my um, ex-longhorn teammates Spike Owen, Owen. Yeah. and then Bradley was the 20th and then I, the last batter uh, grounded out I believe unbelievable yeah and I recall that uh, it wasn't a big crowd at Fenway Park, was it? No, there was a small crowd. It was a cool night, and the the Boston Celtics uh, were in the basketball playoffs across the, down the down the road. Uh, and then I was told that uh, it was the most tickets ever sold during a game. Um, the place started filling up about the fifth inning, and um, then uh, the, the, you know I know all the backstories now. Obviously, it's been so many years, but the the TV announcer made a comment after about the fourth inning. I had a lot of strikeouts, and he said the K guy that puts the Ks on the wall is going to be upset that he's not here. And lo and behold, an inning later, he showed up and started placing the Ks all over the outfield wall. And then, I mean, you, you've had such an incredible career. Then you did it again with the Toronto Blue Jays. What did that mean to you at that stage of your career? Yeah, actually, it was with the Red Sox 10 years later, 1996, on today's date. Um, it's an anniversary. I struck out 20. Um, uh, Detroit Tigers so had my split finger was really devastating that night and um, 
and and again i i really didn't understand i didn't know how many i had the the, uh, the my teammates made me aware of it right after the game was over when they were rushing the field and uh so yeah, pretty cool. I mean, it's it doesn't happen too often, and and you know definitely in the American League. You collect a lot of memorabilia. Do you have anything from that game, or is it in the Hall of Fame right now? Yeah, I think the Hall has a lot of it. Uh, I have quite a few pieces of memorabilia. What's really cool over my career, I really didn't ask guys for autograph stuff, but um, what was cool was when they asked, I would send them stuff for their foundation or their charity event, and they would send me back. I had to get a little greedy because I told them I have four boys. I would like yeah. something for each one of their homes when they you know, ever get their, their place to stay. Incredible night, April 29th, 1986. Uh, thanks a lot for the visit, and thanks a lot for the memories, Roger. Absolutely. Thank you. One ball and two strikes. Clemens has struck out the side in the first, the fourth, the fifth. Has two more strikeouts here in the seventh inning. The fans are now on their feet. Everybody here at Fenway Park is on their feet. Not one of the biggest crowds of the year here at Fenway, but has to be one of the noisiest. The pitch on the way, swing and a fly ball into straightaway center field and deep. Lions going back to the wall. This one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. Gorman Thomas straight away. Center field out of here at Fenway Park. And the Mariners have taken a one-to-nothing lead. Gorman Thomas, home run number five. And the Mariners are on the board first tonight off of Roger Clemens.